currently happening in our cruise industry today. Join me for Cruise Combos as we discover and learn from cruise industry leaders across the globe, all within 28 minutes. with Lemonade and I am here with an epic, an epic, epic person. Lisa, welcome to Cruise Combos. Thank you, Claudine. So nice to be here. What an honor to have you here, Lisa, and congratulations on your new book. Thank you. The honor is all mine. Thank you, Claudine. And I have a couple of friends who went online, purchased your book. I have your book and we purchased your book on Amazon.com. Yes, thank you so much. I'm I'm honored. Thank you. Lisa, what is the name of the book? Making Waves. Excellent, excellent. So everybody go on Amazon.com and get your book today. So Lisa, you started out in the cruise industry, entry-level position, very young age, and you work all the way up to the top. Tell us your story, Lisa. Oh my goodness, it's such a long story. It's the 39-year career, but let me try to let me try to cut it as short as I can. In 1985, I happened into the cruise industry with the same company that I'm still in today as a district sales manager. And I have to say it was completely by accident, Claudine. I had no plan for this, which is in my book. You know, not everyone has a plan, but look where life can take you, even without one. So I always say, leave yourself open to the universe. I was working in a travel agency in 1985 and the district sales manager at the time for Royal Caribbean, which is the brand I started with, came into our agency and told us that he was getting promoted and moving to Miami. And if anyone was interested in his job, they should send a resume. And I did. And then here I am 39 years later, and I worked my way from district sales manager up to of Royal Caribbean up to president and CEO of Celebrity Cruises. Amazing. What a story. And when you first started out, like you must have had some guts. You applied for that position. Maybe not a lot of females have right. nowadays. So it's like we stay behind the scenes a bit. So when you think about it, you first joined, you started working your way up, male-dominated industry. What did you do to stand out? Like, how did you go for these positions? All right. So let me start with what you first said, which is you applied for this position and not many people would do that, especially with someone with no experience, right? I was working in a travel agency for a year and I thought I should apply for this job and get it. But what's interesting, let me just tell you my first story about rejection is they didn't hire me. I applied for the job and they hired somebody else. I was second choice. I think this little story is indicative of how I spent my entire career. And it was, okay, you didn't hire me. I was second choice. And I found out that the person that they hired instead of me He didn't even last through his probationary period for 90 days and they let him go. And they still didn't call me and say, you were second choice. The person didn't work out. Are you interested in still coming and joining us? And I just applied again. And I said, 
I don't know, for some reason, something inside me said, I really want this and I wouldn't give up. And I think that's the moral of my career and my story is just don't give up. If you really want something and you think it's going to be a thing that fulfills your passion, just keep going for it. And I did. And the other thing that I'll address in your comments is I never really thought about my gender until 2005, 20 years later, when I first joined operations in the company, because I spent the first 20 years of my career in sales and marketing, and it was very gender balanced. There were a lot of women, a lot of women in high positions. Only when I transferred onto the operational side of the business and got one of my first roles in operations, did I really see gender slap me in the face as something of an issue where there were really no women. And I will admit that the people who put me in these roles were all men, but the people that were in the environments that I joined as a woman were not always that welcoming and they were skeptical about my ability to do these jobs, given that probably I was a woman and I had no experience in operations. And so another chapter in my book is Watch Me Prove You Wrong. And I had to overcome the skepticism and ultimately be successful. I love what you said. I wrote it down and said, Leave yourself open to the universe. Yes. And see what happens. I love that. I wrote that down and I got chills right when you said it because I thought, what a way to really not put up walls in your growth. Really, like you could grow into anything, but we put up so many walls, right? Right. We put more limitations on ourselves than I think the world puts on us, honestly. And I know there's a lot to be said for gender equality and social equity, but I did it myself, so I can say this. The only ambition I ever had was to be the head of sales. And I ended up being president and CEO of Celebrity Cruises. I put those limitations on myself. Only after decades of working in our company and executive coaches and other people believing in me more than probably I believed in myself and helping me progress and learn and do different things did I then realize, you know what? I do want to be president and CEO of one of these brands. But up until then, I hadn't really thought about it. And so, yes, I say... Leave yourself open to the universe because it's going to take you to a place you never thought you might have the opportunity to go. I love it, Lisa. I've looked up to you so much. Like, I've never talked to you. This is our first time ever. I was so nervous. Fran even wrote to me and she's like, Claudine, I know, like, you do this a lot, but I know you're a little nervous about this one. And I really am because I look up to you so much. And, Um, you know, like, I wrote to you that uh, on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, do you think you could be on the podcast? I really didn't think you would write back. You could have rejected me or you could have not have seen the message, but you wrote back and I was like, I was like telling everyone, it's so awesome. Lisa, you have so many people who look up to you. Your book is already successful and it's just going to keep being bigger and bigger. And everything that you have done is just, you laid out this huge path. I'll say for everybody to see, but also for women to really just say, wait a minute. This lady has led this path like we can follow and just do anything really and be fearless in this industry. It's just so epic. You talk about courage and you also talk about just going for things. But I love that you mentioned curiosity too. They're in your posts on LinkedIn. You always talk about that. What does that mean? And how can we be more curious? Well, you know, I think the willingness to learn 
is so critically important. And the only way you're going to be willing to learn is if you're curious. And I've bumped into so many people in life and in my career where they thought they had all the answers and they thought they knew everything and they thought they were the smartest person in the room. What I would suggest by that is that you really then aren't the smartest person in the room. And then you're never going to learn because you're not curious because you think you know everything. And I've been able to learn so much about number one, our industry, because, you know, when you're in sales and marketing and you only have that one path and you become really good at it, you win all the awards, you're the top producer, you do really well, you're selling your marketing. And oh, by the way, sales and marketing is critical in your career, no matter what you're doing, because we're always selling something. I, I've, I'm a firm believer in that. But because I was curious and willing to learn, I went for it. You know, I went for these positions and I decided, even if somebody said to me, would you like to do this? Would you like this role? I didn't let fear stop me from taking it on because I realized that if I would learn and if I was curious, then I was going to be more valuable to myself if I stayed in the company and to myself, even if I decided to leave the company, because the more you know, the more valuable you are and the more productive you are and the better leader you are because you can guide your team and you can give them advice without giving them the answer. And you can be someone that they can count on to be vulnerable with you as well. And let me tell you, when you tell your team, you want them to teach you as much as you're going to hopefully teach them, you gain a whole different level of respect from the people that you work with by doing that. So curiosity has so many benefits that are priceless, really, and immeasurable. Amazing, Lisa. Everybody talks about your leadership style. And I think your leadership style could be something that could be studied somewhere at some university, just taking you as a project and like study your leadership style. It's just amazing. Thank you. You're so well-respected. But you not only talk the talk, you walk the walk. Like, I've followed you. I've seen you in posts. You're everywhere. And you will get involved in anything, like everything. You're one of those role models that people could really follow and just be like, wow, this person not only talks the talk, she walks the walk. What is your leadership philosophy, your leadership style? What in leadership has brought you great success? Like, what have you learned? Like, tell us everything. Let's learn about you. Oh, my goodness. That would take a long time, Claudine, right? But <laughs> there's another chapter in my book, and it's called The Boomerang. And as you think about being a leader, there are so many different paths you can take as a leader and so many different philosophies you can adopt that you believe are going to be the most beneficial in ensuring your success. And what I decided, and probably because I've been like this since I was a little girl, and I'm the same way with my family, and I'm the same way with friends, and I'm the same way on my posts that you see and that you read, what you see is what you get. And I try to be authentic, and I try to be genuine, and I believe you get back what you put out in the universe. I call it my superpower, and I, I've named it the boomerang. And I believe that if you create a caring environment and you create an environment built on mutual respect and gratitude, you are going to get discretionary effort from the people that you work with and the people that you lead that is priceless. And 
So many leaders want to be the boss and so many leaders lack emotional intelligence. It's another thing I learned when I went into operations. I probably didn't use it as much when I was in sales and marketing, but when you work with a crew of 20,000 people who come from all over the world, who leave their families, who leave their friends, who leave their children and come and take care of each other and our guests, you learn to respect that and you learn to be grateful for that and you learn to treat these people with genuine caring. When I read the things that people say or when people send me notes, I'm overwhelmed with the beautiful comments. And that's when you know that what you've done mattered and that you're missed and that people really appreciated how you treated them. And that's, that's my secret. But at the end of the day, none of us do anything alone. We're only successful because of what everybody else that we work with does. And I never ever took credit for my success. I was always grateful to all the people who helped me get where I got to and knew that without them, I never would have been able to do it. Incredible. I love that the beginning, you wrote a little something for your daughters, correct? My nieces, my nieces. Your nieces, your nieces. Yes, my nieces. How do you see them and how are you helping them grow and become like fearless leaders? those girls are very special to me. I don't have children of my own, but my sister, who is my baby sister, and I mentioned this in the introduction of the book, it's my letter to the readers. And it's actually not only a letter to the readers, it's a letter to my nieces, Sophia and Jillian. And their mother texted me one day with a quote she saw on Facebook that said, teach your daughters less about fitting into the glass slipper and more about shattering the glass ceiling. And she said, and thanks to you, my daughters know all about shattering the glass ceiling. You know, I was incredibly touched by that, as you can imagine. And I have been extremely close to my nieces. And again, you go back to what you said earlier, which again, I got goosebumps when you were talking to me, Claudine, about, you know, your impression of me, because it's so important to me how I am perceived. And it was really important to me how my nieces thought of me, because it wasn't just that auntie was the president and CEO of a cruise line. It's just how I lived my life, how I treated people, the integrity I had, the purpose that I have. And the mark I want to leave in the world, the legacy, you know, my legacy is not just about what I did for celebrity, which was extraordinary. The edge series of ships, all of the experiences, all of the awards, the financial performance. I am so extraordinarily proud of all of that, but I'm also proud of what I've done to help other people, to help crew, to help other employees and colleagues that I've had that also wanted to achieve their own career aspirations. And I've given back, I volunteer and I try to do good things in the community and in the world because, you know, what we do isn't who we are and the impact you make outside of what your position or your profession is, is critically important. And I couldn't be prouder of these two young women. They give me, as I said in my dedication, they give me hope they give me inspiration and they are going to be the change that this world so desperately needs. And I hope they learned even just a little bit of that from their auntie. That really touched me. Like I'm almost done the book, but I read, you know, that very beginning because I, I think the very opening and the very first page tells you a lot about who the person is, right? What they write, because that a very first page is like, in a way I look at it, it's so important because it just kind of 
It's a raw feeling right there. Your entire book is just raw feeling. It's beautiful. Thank you. But that first page, I was like, wow, this tells you inside what what's the most important thing, right? I love that. Lisa, you know, what chapter of your book was the hardest one to write? Chapter one. Really? Yeah, because included in that chapter, I don't want to get emotional, but included in that chapter were the two hardest things that have ever happened. One was our business shutting down and one was losing my sister. Hmm. So that was the hardest chapter to write. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And they yeah. both happened during the same time frame, COVID. Wow. And Lisa, I saw that you mentioned volunteering. And I'll share this with you because I've followed you and all the volunteer work that you do. Our company actually gives back in every community that and destination we work in. And partly because I think that's the right thing for us to do. But partially, I saw your leadership and how you would give back. And I thought, why can't we model this as well? And I just want to say thanks to you because take not as big contributions like you did with, you know, the organization and everything. But I saw your post not a couple of weeks ago and you just went through all the projects that you guys did, giving back to everyone. And you could really see how you might be helping this one person. But further down the line, it's really helping an entire community. I saw you building houses and I think you made a comment that you were like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. They have me on a roof or something. Like it was just like, so you, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think I should be on roofs. Pounding yeah. In hindsight, that was a really stupid thing to do, but that was our assignment. So I climbed that ladder and I'm pounding nails and praying that I didn't roll off. And you know, that would not have been good at all, but no, that was, that was fun. And Hey, I wasn't alone. There were a bunch of other people there with me. So yeah, I sucked it up and got on that roof. Amazing. Amazing. Lisa, what made you want to write this book? Writing my book is exactly like my career. I never thought I was going to be an author or I was going to write a book. It never crossed my mind. And I continually had people tell me as I was relating my story, as I was being interviewed, as even colleagues, women I worked with would ask me questions and not just women, the men, you know, tell me about this, tell me about that. What did you learn? What did, you know, just tell me about your career. And every time I did, they said, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. I said, who cares about what I have to say? Who would care about my book? And I don't know. Then one day I said, all right, maybe I'll think about this. Maybe, maybe it would be a good thing to do. And again, to give back my book it's not a memoir. It's not a biography. My book is are lessons, lessons in leadership, 10 chapters on what I learned that I'm hoping that I can share with people to do what we've talked a lot about during this conversation, to give back in some way. Is there something I did? Is there something I learned on my journey that I think could be helpful to other people, not just women, but also men, young women, women in the middle of their career, heck, even women toward the end of their career, in their life, not just even in their careers. And so I decided, what the heck, let me give it a try. And the people that I was working with at the time reached out to a ghostwriter, really, who connected me with a literary agent. And 
I had a conversation with her and she said, I think you should tell your story. I think it's an important story to tell. And it's been a labor of love and it's been a long process. It probably started six years ago. It had some stops and starts. I did have a ghostwriter who helped me, although I will tell you that if you read this book and you know me, you know it's exactly in my voice. So I spent a lot of my own personal time writing and rewriting and nuancing so that it really sounded like me. And you said your book is a really vulnerable book. And it, it is because my career was amazing, but it wasn't easy. You know, there were a lot of things that happened that weren't perfect. And I think people think that when you go from one place to another, it was easy or it was perfect, or you didn't have major things happen along the way that could have derailed you. And I wanted to tell the truth. I wanted my book to be a story that came across as, if I can do it, you can do it. Because I grew up in some small fishing town in Massachusetts. You know, I didn't start near the top and go all the way to the top. I worked really hard. And I wanted people to know that you can do this too. And that's why I wrote the book. Absolutely. Beautiful, Lisa. And the book is so successful. Everybody wants the book. People can order the book. Where's the best place to get the book, Lisa? Thank you, Claudine. Amazon.com for individual purposes or a few purchases. People are so wonderful. They tell me they bought it as gifts. They tell me they bought it for their entire team. And then there's also another organization called Porchlight.com. If you wanted to buy bulk orders, anything over 25 books, there's really a nice discount. And for corporations or conventions or conferences, hopefully it would be a great book and porchlight.com would be the place to do that. Or Barnes and Noble or local bookstores. It's always wonderful to support local bookstores as well. But I'm very excited. It's another amazing thing that's happened. And I'm so grateful for you to give me this opportunity to even talk about it, honey. Yeah, no, and to our viewers, I know they're loving this episode. It's amazing. Lisa, your book, number one, Making Waves, number one book. Everybody has to order this book. Order it now. And let's ask you, Lisa, the very last question. We ask this question to everybody. And the question is, if you look back at your younger self, what piece of advice would you give your younger self? The advice I would give is something that we talked about during this conversation. Don't put limits on yourself. You know, dream big, aim for the sky, and leave yourself open to the universe, really, because I think we all are guilty of putting limits on ourselves and being so linear in our thinking. And I think that can only hold us back. And don't do what I did and only want to be the head of sales. You know, it took me almost 30 years to decide I wanted to be more than just the head of sales. And I actually wanted one of these president and CEO roles. And I would have told my younger self that I should have done that sooner. But again, I believe everything happens for a reason in the time it's supposed to happen. And so I'm very grateful that it took me as long as it did because I learned so much, which made it so much easier for me to transition into a role like that. It's a really big responsibility and a really big role. But I could have done it all a little faster if I dreamed a little bigger. Great advice, Lisa. I write little notes and post them. Leave yourself open to the universe. Yes. And to all of our listeners, you do the same. Advice from Miss Lisa herself. Amazing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and you're pretty 
pretty amazing yourself, Miss Claudine. I've read Thank so much you, about you, and uh, you're going to make waves yourself. So I can't wait I'm to trying. see you. I know <laughs> you are, and you're going to succeed. I know you are. And if you Thank are, you. you haven't. You've done so many great things. And I hope I get to meet you in person someday, give you a big hug. Yes, I would love that too. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you. Ciao.